Will you please pray with me? Loving and gracious God, we pray that your spirit will still our souls and quiet our minds so that we may hear your word for us. Amen. Luke 1, 26-38 When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one! The Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, uh, How will this happen, since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's Son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. So today is the fourth Sunday in Advent when we retell the story of the Annunciation. And even if you don't know the name Annunciation, you probably know the story. An angel comes to Mary and tells her that she'll give birth to a baby named Jesus who'll be the Messiah. Mary explains that she's a virgin, but the angel says that doesn't matter. So Mary says, okay, sign me up, and then sings this song of rejoicing, or something like that. It's, it's a story filled with good news, at least for those of us who know how the story ends. Joseph stays with Mary, Jesus ends up being even cooler than promised, and Mary is forever exalted as the mother of God. It's, uh, <laughs> it's quite the come up for Mary. But when the angel appears to Mary, none of the good stuff has happened yet. I mean, sure, Mary has learned that she's greatly favored by God, but no one else knows it. Mary has no proof of this immaculate conception, which means she is about to be a woman caught in adultery. And the Bible tells us what happens to women caught in adultery. In John chapter 8, the Pharisees ask Jesus what to do with a woman in the same situation as Mary. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone women like this. What do you say? 
even if Mary were to escape this brutal death, she'd live a life of shame where everyone treated her with disdain, if they even acknowledged her existence. And this is what the angel offers Mary. And Mary says, yes, she wants this to happen. Mary's not timid about it. Right after the visit from the angel, she visits her cousin Elizabeth and bursts out into a song of rejoicing about how lucky she is. So today, I want to talk about why. Why did Mary say yes? I mean, it's it's obviously a, a great honor to raise the Messiah. It's a beautiful thing that's happening inside of her. But no one else sees it they, that way. They just see shame. So how does Mary handle all of the shame her culture heaped on her? This week, I had the privilege of hearing a friend answer that question. He's experienced a lot of rejection as a result of his gender identity, and he explained that, that there are identities that he could be shamed for. And in order to survive that shame, you almost need to believe that there's something that matters more than the people shaming you. My friend explained that in the case of Mary, that thing that matters more than the people shaming her that's the presence of God, that presence that must have made that, that cloud of shame seem so small in comparison. The first thing the angel tells Mary is rejoice, favored one. Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Really, the first thing that Mary learns is that she's favored, that she's adored by God, and that whatever the angel is about to say next will be good news. And Mary lets that sink in. She believes that she's God's beloved. So no matter how much shame the world heaps on her, no matter how far from righteous she might appear to be, she knows that the truth that God delights in her. And all that shame must have seemed so small in comparison. So Mary says yes. She opens herself to the presence of God, and through her, all humanity receives the divine. I love how uh, Nadia Bowles-Weber describes this. She says, Mary is what it looks like to believe that we already are who God says we are. God says Mary is favored and Mary believes it, which might sound sort of basic, just believe what God says is true. But it becomes much harder when, we, when God says we are precious and beloved and worthy of love, just as we are right now. I think many of us operate on the belief that, that some part of us is holy and beloved, but not all of us. Those beautiful words from God must describe some future state we have yet to attain. Because deep inside of us is a stew of 
of doubts and insecurities that make us feel insufficient and flawed. Right? And there's so much in the world around us that, that reinforces our sense of inadequacy and causes us to believe that we are someone other than who God says we are. For example, I mean, like, like, rather than God's voice, I'll sometimes hear a voice that, that, like, the voice of the one that I imagine looking at my life and saying, so Ben, what have you done this week to dismantle systemic racism that's tearing apart the soul of our nation? Ah, sit at home in your cushy house and watch Netflix. Well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah, ugh, just, I gotta shake it out. Just, just hearing those words fills me with, with shame and feelings of inadequacy. Like suddenly it becomes hard to believe that I am the person God says I am, a holy and beloved child of God who's loved and accepted just as I am right now. I, I mean, I can believe it for a moment or, or many moments, but there's plenty of stuff that, that triggers our shame and prevents us from believing that we are who God says we are. Now, Mary doesn't hesitate. She believes so deeply that she's favored by God that that this shame that comes along with this pregnancy just appears to be no big deal. But just in case she wavers, she's given a friend to support her and remind her that she is who God says she is. The angel tells Mary that her cousin Elizabeth is also expecting a miraculous child. Elizabeth knows that Mary's unlikely story is true. Elizabeth is there to believe in case Mary can't. And I think that's the role of our church, of the church in our lives, to be a community of people who support us and believe for us when we can't believe ourselves. Many years ago, a, a dear friend of mine lost his mother, his wife, and his daughter in a horrific car accident. And he told me that after the accident, he went to church every week, not because he believed that God was just walking with him every step of the way, but because he needed people to believe for him when he couldn't. And that's the church. And I love that, that Elizabeth here not only sort of embodies that sense of the church in her ability to believe and support Elizabeth, but Elizabeth is also a couple generations older than Mary, which is a beautiful picture of intergenerational friendship and mentoring. And I love that Elizabeth is pregnant herself because she is in solidarity with Mary. She too is walking this path. 
this relationship between Mary and Elizabeth is a beautiful picture of how the church can be there for us in moments when we struggle to believe that we are the people who God says we are. So I'm, I'm grateful for this story. I, I think we need this story. We need Mary's yes and Gabriel's promise of God's favor. We need that reassurance that we're loved and honored, holy and precious, no matter what. We need the community and the friendship of fellow travelers along the way. We, we need it all. We need to hear it all because it's all true. In this Advent season of waiting for Christ to be born in our lives, the angel of the Lord still whispers those words to us. Greetings, highly favored one. You are a gift to the world. May it be so. Amen.